Good evening, everyone, and welcome back to another Supercoach Insider podcast. My name is Swizz, here to talk about the my round 10 team discussion, all the AFL ins and outs, and Q&As for this week. As always, check us out on all our social media platforms, uh, YouTube in particular, and Twitter, Swizz26 if you want to contact me directly, or Supercoach Insider 100 for Chris, Ben, and myself. Uh, coming here a little bit delayed this week, unfortunately, had um, my granddad passed away so um yeah a bit of a delay getting this out so i apologize for that um but we're here now so to kind of take my mind off things and talk a bit of footy uh so we will try to get through uh all these questions and yeah just have an as we always do a general discussion about what trade targets we should be doing and uh, a bit of a consideration to the buyers uh, about myself this week uh 2227 uh, so now ranked 11,700 overall, went up a 1,000 spots, so slightly better. Um, still a couple of annoying things, especially with the captaincy this week. Uh, so, But there wasn't too many scores that kind of went off the charts. Uh, I think I had Oliver for the 99, and it was vice-captain McRae, so it cost me 18 there. The thing that was probably more, more annoying was um, having DeConning on the bench, uh, so I think it cost me 14 points there. Um, but outside of that, there wasn't really too much more. Um, just the Jack Steele injury, which was frustrating for most people out there, and it's obviously the the main talk about trade um, discussions for this week. So, yeah, it's just back to back, back to business and that. I was you know reasonably happy, but yeah, there was some once again some really good scores out there. Um, yeah, those especially who avoided Steele, or for those not carrying Gorn and were playing Wits and Proust as their ruck and. You see a lot of the top teams who started wits and, and had Proust there as a loophole are doing really well. So, you know, well done to those people. Um, into my trade targets this week, I've got a lot of options and um, they've probably come up again in the Q&As, but the main ones for me is how do I get Clark in and what to do with Jack Steele. And there is so many options around uh, this week because of uh, just... People, well, different role changes with St Kilda and, and we're still going out. Who takes those points? And Brad Crouch and Sinclair come into mind for that. Uh, also, with the Bulldogs boys and will they be getting forward status? Do I look at one of them? And the rookies when Clark and Buku from the Bulldogs, um, kind of really the only last two rookies outside while well, Kemp's been dropped and um, Cleary's there for the doggies, but there's not really much else on the horizon. So... Uh, I know I was talking to Chris before about the possibility of doubling down, just trying to get those rookies in now while we've got a chance and then look up upgrading next week. Um, I've only got the one boost left, and I was chatting to my mate Grimo before, and he's used all of his. A couple other people up there in the high rankings have used all of theirs, thinking, well, they're not going to probably need them um, because, because their team's nearly full. So why am I going to need the three trades? You know, holding that extra trade in case we get into trouble or that extra boost so we, in case we get into trouble with COVID or you know injuries can be handy and those who still have you know two left or three left yeah it's a good position um, but at the same time you need to make sure you've got plenty of trades to go with them uh, yeah so looking at that I, I really don't want to keep playing McCartan, um, McCartan and Hinge to Conning possibly Perez on field I, I really would like another defender in there so Sinclair and Dawson are very much in play for me. I've looked at Jake, Jake Lloyd. McGovern as well is great value. I think he had the 69 against Richmond. But outside of that, uh, he's only got one more score under 100, and he's been f- 
fantastic and the Eagles are seeing a lot of ball so a little smoky there at his price but I'm more keen on Dawson and Sinclair for uh, Dawson for his draw and his ability to score and Sinclair obviously that role and he and he has been scoring fantastic for the Saints this year only a couple 80s and that was against the D's and then that wet game up in Cairns um, I've kind of given up on trying to chase Sicily, Stewart, Witherden uh, as good as they are so well done for everybody's got them and that's probably my biggest mistake this year Whitfield over Sicily even though I made it pretty clear to the boys I didn't think Whitfield was going to be top 10 and now he's out injured anyway and then the midfield like having those options where like Cornelio um, and what to do with him Martin there is a world where I could trade out Martin Cornelio and still and bring in Walsh and Laird um, and then Clark as well there's a world where I go okay we're going to put two down and get um, you know Buku and Clark in there and then just side swap Steele and the options for still this week is there's plenty of them. Uh, so, yeah, as I said, there's a lot of options and I'm not exactly clear on which way I want to go just yet. So I haven't done them and it's kind of waiting for those final teams to be announced um, and, and sort of playing around my buy structure as well, which is really important for those players who play overall league. Um, as we said the other night, if you're somebody who, who just worries about the league matchups, have a look at your matchups. Um, your perfect world is you want, you know, naturally want to win all three, but if you can win two and lose one and just load up in two rounds, well, that works as well. But just have a look at some of your opponents in your league, especially if you're somebody who only plays one or two leagues. Um, yeah, you can kind of get a feel for what they are doing and kind of go out and go, okay, if they're not Bulldogs heavy, you could go Bulldogs heavy and, and beat them that week. Um on to the ins and outs, as I'm getting messages about my NFL draft. For those who were tuned in on Tuesday night, I'm doing NFL Fantasy Keeper League at the moment, so that's a very interesting thought and something for the uh, for the super coach um, admins out there, and something for us super coaches to probably put pressure on. I know our outreach compared to what the NFL is, because the amount of people in America and the amount of people that play fantasy sports there, but having the option in there, um, you know, in a keeper league draft where we can do live trading and the commissioner can stop the clock. Um, it's absolutely um, made, made this league fantastic and that, you know, there's there's times where, yeah, we've had our, um, because we're um, based all around Australia in this league, so our commissioners stop the clock. Trades have gone down, you know, because somebody wants to move up for a pick, just like the real life in AFL or NFL or anything like that. So for those who are really big into their draft leagues or their keeper leagues in particular, um, it's definitely something that we need to put pressure on. I'm sure it's probably got to be a simple ad to add, you know, to add the code to make Supercoach able to do these these changes. So, yeah, for those draft people, continue to put pressure on, uh, yeah, the Supercoach admin, and hopefully we'll get those changes. All right, so ins and outs, Carlton Sydney, not as big ins and outs this week from a, um, a premium exp um, point of view, unlike what we kind of had last week. Um, outside of Jack Steele, but there has been some rookies touched. So Carlton in Young and Stocker out Kemp, uh, Nunes and Williams. We were hoping that Kemp would hold his spot, especially with Williams going out, but he has been dropped, unfortunately. Um, Oridian comes in for Rowbottom and Clark. The Port and Cats game down there in at Geelong at GMBH Stadium. Um, Rowan and Buse for Cooper Stevens. The medical sub has dropped again, possibly a medical sub i think he is on the he is first emergency so yeah he's just put an absolute line on him and that's something which is 
disappointing for owners who went early on him. Uh, Myers and Kinovit out. Um, Jonas and Dumont in for Port. Frederick Fantasia Dersma. So not a lot changes there. At the moment, Boke is named. Uh, did play a lot more time forward. There were some rumours about he could be out. But um, yeah, and that might be interesting to watch for those people who are looking at Ollie Wines and hoping he has his form for that he had last year. Um, on the run home where, you know, that Brownlow middle form and showed last week with that big 150. Um, yeah, he could be right back there. So at, at his price, is definitely an option. Uh, Bulldog Suns in Timmy O'Brien out Smith and Jure. The big thing there is both Buku and um, Cleary hold their spot. Um, the emergencies for the doggies are Crozier, Shacky, Butler and Smith. English still looks like he could be one to two weeks away with that illness. Josh Bruce is five weeks away. So definitely um, from Buku's point of view, um, unless Jamara hits form, looks like he's going to keep his spot up there in the forward line, and they do have the Suns and then the Eagles, so could be get on a few uh, goals again, and hopefully doesn't give away a fifth, well, it wasn't his fault about the 50, but doesn't give away the 50, and um, yeah, you know, could have easily scored in the 70s last week, so hopefully there's more points for him, and yeah, clearly, clearly will be one that we're looking at next week. Uh, so one to monitor there. The Suns just only out McPherson so far. And um, with these ones outs and no ins, it just means their sub gets elevated. Rosas keeps his spot, but he's the last interchange. So one for us to continue to monitor. Melbourne, North Melbourne. So the D's in Melshkam, out Harms and Chandler. Uh, North Melbourne in Hugh Greenwood. Horn Francis is back for those who have held. Simpkin and Tristan Cherry is back. So it'll be interesting to see those who are brought in Goldie, how that affects Goldie again with Cherry coming back in. Um, and obviously against uh, Gorn and Jackson, so that's going to be a big task there. Out uh, Atu Abusnovani, oh, I'm butchering names here, uh, Coleman Jones, Lazario Mani, and Jaden Stevens has been dropped. Well, Stephenson has been dropped, so that'll be interesting. Um, one interesting one there, um, Archer has been named as an emergency in that first sub spot, so it'd be interesting to see if they um, play him in his first game as sub or if they just wait. Uh, so, yeah, could be one on the horizon there as North uh, continue to blood kids. Uh, we've got the Crows and the Saints on Saturday night. Murphy and Phil Thorpe are in, out Himmelberg, Scholl and Pedlar. And Wanganeen Malira, for those who have him, is back in Higgins and Jack Steele out. Now, for the Saints at the moment, their midfield is... Ryder named as the ruck with Zach Jones, Brad Crouch, and Ross as your starting midfielders. Um, Billings is named on the bench with, I think, Gresham's named up forward. Yes, he is. So, yeah, one to really uh, watch there. The big one is Jack Sinclair's actually been named in the back line. So, yeah, we'd hope he'd get a bit more around the ball. So, there's a part of me that kind of wants to um, wait about Sinclair and see sort of how he plays this week and is he around the ball as he has been earlier in the season while Jones was out? Or is it a case that it's more Ross and um, Jones and Crouch around the ball? Uh, we've had quite a few questions about Crouch. Uh, so it's a real interesting one at his price after he scored 140 last week with um, still going off. Uh, and, you know, he, his break-even is really low uh what, what's he breaking at 37 so he only went up 7k last week he's 489 um we've all known about his kind of injury history even the scoring like his scoring has been so much better this year he had the 49 up at Cairns, kind of 
you know, disregard that a bit, but his lowest score outside of that's 96, which he's done twice. He's only had the four scores over 100, 112, 111, 131, and 140. But those points do have to go somewhere. They have the Crows and North coming up, and they do have the Bombers after the bye. So it will be very interesting, and I'm not against those who are considering jumping on because it is value. Uh, if you compare him versus, say, a Laird that's saving 140000 and what you could do with that 140000 you know, could be the difference of upgrading, say, your SDK or one of your forwards like Martin or Cornelio up to another premium, especially if some of these dogs players get um, forward status. At the same time, you know, we know what Crouch has done in the past, um, and, you know, if he's only going to average sort of 105 and Laird's going to go 115, 120, you're, 15 to, you're 10 to 15 points behind every week. Uh, so it is a big risk versus reward. Um, but yes, yeah, definitely a discussion point this week for some people there. Uh, we've got the Tigers and Bombers in the traditional Dreamtime match. Uh, so in back Gipkis for those who have held him. And Robbie Tarrant has come in as well because uh, Biggie Nguyen um, has been dropped, which uh, looked all right, but yeah, it wasn't going to be probably super coach relevant because didn't score that great. Uh, the big one is Bolter being out injured. So yeah, Gipkis naturally comes back in there and then Pickett. Out de- uh, and for the Bombers, out uh, Jai Corwell. I know still a few people hold uh, have him, and he's been scoring really well up until that uh, injury last week. And then out Cutler, which will make some Bombers supporters happy. He seems to be the whipping boy down there. And in Devon Smith. Uh, the big one, Morris Rioli, who is coming off his seven last week. Um, I know I made the point last week that, no, I won't get Rioli. I'm definitely getting Hamilton. Um, and then Rioli watched him spend a lot of time on the bench, only score a seven. Was always guaranteed to play this week, no matter what he, how he went the week before because uh, of dream time. And so it'd be interesting to see. Hopefully he can go back and score one of those 70s or 90s to keep his spot going forward. But that's always the worry with small forwards. Um, so the discussion between Rioli and Hamilton was definitely in Hamilton's favour. But when we get to the GWS game, that will absolutely change our, uh, change our minds. We've got... Uh, the next game, GWS West Coast, the game in question. So the outs, we'll start with that for the Giants. Out Stone, Callahan, Whitfield is finally out injured. Um, yeah, we've been talking about that injury for weeks now. So yeah, that, that's finally happened. Keith Haynes and dropped Cooper Hamilton after having 19 touches and nearly 60 super coach. So those who did go him, unfortunately, as good as he looked and as his scoring was so much better than Carroll and Rioli, he is out of the side. So McVeigh, um, yeah, we're hoping for, uh, well, we're actually interested to see which way he'd go. And it looks like he's gone Bevo mixed into Cameron and, uh, yeah, may have gone changes. Uh, and so we're Stein, um, Peatling, uh, Brander, Hogan, Fahey, Flynn, Bruin, and Sproul all come in, extended squad. And for the Eagles, Gaff, um, Bradley Howell, is back um, for those who have hailed him. Jack Williams, Chewy, Bizarro, True. Um, if you're a draft player, have a look at Chewy just in case somebody's dropped him um, and haven't thought about him. Uh, it's been actually the same for a lot of the West Coast players this year. You kind of find them popping up on the waiver wires because you know they've been in and out and mixing games of injury and COVID and that. Um, so yeah, just have a little look at that one. Oh, on the draft also, um, just digressing. Um, Richmond Essendon this week, uh, Jack Rewald I've seen pop up on a few, usually wouldn't recommend him, but does have a habit of going really well against the Bombers, and I uh, picked up a couple of Demons 
um, small forwards this week. For those who like to stream their forwards, definitely get on. The likes of Spargo's, um, yeah, have been popping up there. So um, for those who uh, are draft players, just something to think about. Uh, for the Eagles, out Cripps, Ryan, and Foley. I know a few people have had Foley more in their um, Dream Team sides, but yeah, he's there. So the Eagles' extended bench is quite interesting, but we do know because of the extended bench and Hamilton being dropped, he will not be coming in. Um, their midfield risk uh, for GWS, I mean, uh, very interesting because they've got Pruce, Cullen Ward, Tom Green, and Stephen Cornelio is named in the guts with Kelly and Riccardi pushing out to the wings. So the big question there for Cornelio, break even of 146, are we keeping or are we getting rid of that is dividing the community? Um, one of the chat groups I'm in, which our league is currently ranked number one overall in Supercoach. So um, some good discussion happening there, and it is really divided. Um, some people see Cornelio as the perfect person through the buys. Yes, he's going to lose cash. Um, I know, talking to Abdul, he traded out um, Cornelio last week, which looks genius after he's 37. Uh, so it's a question is, do you risk him scoring another 50 and dropping, say, 45K and all that good work he's done? Or do you back him in and go, well, they're playing West Coast. They've got North coming up. Uh, can Cornelio bounce back playing in the guts? And, you know, he has scored 150s in the past. And very much, a, depending on how McVay coaches them, could go 120 to 150. And that break even will just reset itself. Uh, so it's a real interesting one. Um, I feel like you either think the f other forwards aren't that great. And you, you're going to back Cornelio to be a keeper. And that was just a blemish. And, you know, you don't get rid of your keepers because of one bad score. Or do you back in and go, well, no, Cornelio isn't a keeper. He's, he's done his job as a cash cow. Um, I'm going to try to give him up to another forward. The problem is the current forwards aren't that great compared to some of the ones that we've got in there anyway, like your Brodies and Martins, you know, because they just haven't been performing that well. And we're all waiting sort of for Bailey Smith and Bont to pick up forward status. Like if you you compare the defenders to forwards for average at the moment, you got like uh, Tim English who's out, Dunkley's 113, then you got Heaney 107, but his uh, last three, actually his last five rounds averaging just 92. Dusty's back, went the 119, um, averaging 103. Lukey Parker, and then uh, uh, Libba, who's, um, you know, Playing back in that midfield looked good last week, 102. Then you've got your Will Brodies, Tom Lynch, you know, Trelaw, Taylor Walker, Lipinski, Dylan Moore, even Laddams are still up there. So the forward options aren't that great outside of sort of the dogs and how many dogs can you fit into your team. Um, I know a lot of people are talking about after the buy, they could effectively have English Dunkley, Libba Trelaw, Bont, and Bailey Smith if those two were to pick up forward status. Um, both are currently sitting at 37%. So, uh, yeah, there's a, a lot of interesting discussion about them. So, yeah, is Cornelio, you know, outside of that one bad game, he's right up there as a forward. Is it worth trading him out because of one bad game? Like even Butters. So Butters and Cornelio, after those bad games that they've had, are still averaging 88 um, which puts them 23rd and 24th, uh, respectively. But, yeah, there's what's... Uh, Butters scored 798 this year, Cornelio 794. And if you kind of go up to that top 10, you got... Well, Taylor Walker's missed a lot of the year, so he's not a good comparison. But Adam Trelaw in 9th eight, on 889. So, you know, we're talking 100 points difference over 9 games, so 10 points a game between a Cornelio and Butters versus a Trelaw. 
is that 10 points really worth it compared to if you not having those good defenders and there's so many good defenders um, like the top defenders this year at the moment you've got Hewitt, uh, Sicily, Vlosten, Stewart, Doherty, Witherden all going above 110 and then even your Shorts and Sinclairs coming, um, Baylordale, Pendles, Jack Crisp, McGovern they're, and Dawson's just behind them they're all averaging over 105 so I think people will be more interested to get defenders in uh, then sort of upgrading those forwards for an extra sort of 10 points. All right, continuing back on to the ins and outs. Uh, the last two games, we've got Hawthorne and the Lions down in Tassie. Giath's back for the Hawks. How Callow, Hardikin Shields, Ned Long is in, but it's an extended squad. And Tom Mitchell out. Connor McDonald, the med slub. McGinnis, Gunston and Warple. And Josh Ward had got a concussion in the VFL, so he'll be out for at least two weeks as well. Um, for the Lions, out Marcus Adams in Dev Robertson, Mitch Robertson, Lester and Tommy Fullerton. So the Hawks extended bench, Ned Long, Nash, uh, Granger Barras, Hardikin, Shields, Howell, Sam Butler and Callow. Um, so definitely needs to be watched for tomorrow when you're making those trades. Uh, McDonald being named out is great for those who are holding him as a loophole option. Um, it does open up some options for your bench, midfield, or forward line, uh, depending where you have him, and also your vice-captain into captaincy, so one I'm keen to hold. Um, and it might be the case for some people with Ward. People might want to cash out Ward because of that concussion, might want to keep him and hope he comes back during the buys. The problem is you don't want rookies who aren't playing at the moment because, uh, yeah, that's just going to be useless during that buy time, and we need all hands on deck. Last game is Fremantle coming with the Dockers. They've got in Meek, Tabernau, Walters, and Swilkowski. Out Josh Tracy. And for the Pies, Ginevan, Elliott, Cox, Murphy, Mc... Yeah, McInnes is back. Reef McInnes. I know a few people jumped on him. Um, Pendles and Trey Rusco. Out Beg, uh, Brown, Finley, McRae, and Magin. And extended bench. Uh, Heath Chapman's currently named on that with Erasmus. So just watch out for that. Uh, the Pies, for those who still got Ginevan or McGuinness, um, yeah, they're named on an extended bench, so watch that. Uh, we've got uh, Dugowie's named in the midfield there too, so just an interesting one for those who are considering him as a forward option. All right, I'll go in before we talk about the Q's and Q&As for this week, but in regards to vice-captains and captains this week, we have plenty of options. You have the, fr Thursday, uh, the Friday night game, Carlton and Sydney, where we have Paddy Cripps and Mills take on each other. Um, you know, it should be a contested game. The hope is Mills and Cripps kind of shake hands, and, and that I would expect uh, Hewitt to go to either, well, either more Parker or Heaney. He could very much go to Mills, but... I have a feeling he could go to Parker. Would not be surprised if that's the case. And they kind of just let Cripps and Mills do their own thing. Uh, on the Saturday at Ballarat, the Bulldogs are playing the Suns. Took Miller is a very good option, but the bigger one is McRae there. Outside that blemish earlier this year, which is about the first time I think he's ever gone under 140 at Ballarat. But McRae absolutely loves playing there. He's got some massive scores at Ballarat. Um, I think it was the Adelaide game where he went 92, and I can't recall another time he's gone under 140 there. So definitely an option for VC, and is currently sitting as, uh, for whatever reason, my VC. It's because I've reversed the trades, that's why. Um, next is the North Melbourne-Melbourne game, and naturally you've got Petrarca, Gorn, and Oliver. 
Clary loves beating up on the lower team. So, yeah, definitely an option there. And then into the Sunday where we have, or even the Saturday night first, we've got those who bring in Laird, definitely an option against the Saints, even though the Saints are massive favourites. And then, yeah, the Sunday games, you've got the, the Lions playing down Tassie, and that's Lockie Neal, and Lockie Neal has been on absolute fire this week, uh, this year. one fifteen last week, so still a decent captain score, but, yeah, um, if everybody remembers what Mills did down at Tassie against the Hawks, uh, yeah, there's every possibility Neil could do the same. So, yeah, there's plenty of options. And because McDonald or Ward, if you have one of them playing on the Sunday, it makes a very easy loophole option. Those with Mitch Owies, uh, that's the Saturday night game. So, again, that opens up Oliver and McRae, those options there. Uh, those who have any of those Suns um, options, the um, that probably limits it you to either Mills or Cripps. And I saw uh, this week Will Kelly's in a lot of teams, especially a lot of top sort of 100 teams um, as that sort of loophole option. So having him play on the Sunday opens up every option that you would want. Uh, so, yeah, that's all the captaincy stuff. All right, we'll start with Twitter this week because I know there was quite a few replying just then. I haven't actually read through these, so this will be very interesting to see. All right, from Corey, if you had to choose... Uh, two to finish your midfield with steel out. Which two would you go, Mills, Laird, or Walsh? It's a great question. If there's, if you had unlimited cash and it's not going to affect your your team, I'm going um, Mills and Laird. But uh, Walsh has some games coming up which he, against teams he scores really well against. Um, as I bring it up here, uh, Sammy Walsh. So he got the 149 on that. Now he has scored a 90 before against the Swans, but before the uh, in the 2020s, he got a 161, so no trouble scoring there. Against the Pies last year, he went 105, and the second time, 193. And then he plays the Bombers after that, which he got a 130 against last year. So Walsh can get going. Um, they you know, they do have some tough games on that run home with Melbourne, Brisbane, and West Coast. So, and I think they've got Freo in there as well. So that's kind of a bit more of an interesting one. I, I think Laird's nearly a must with, the, with his fixture, and... Every time I kind of play around with my team and I take lead out, I'm just not happy with it. Like, go, just going through this draw, like St. Kilda this week, no Jack Steele out there, so that's some points. They're at home. I still think the Saints probably win, but it's probably closer than what I think people are expecting. It'll be interesting to see how the Saints go without Steele out there, but I still think they should get the job done. But I still think Laird will just go around and do his thing. Probably goes 120. The Cats at home. Uh, Cats away the following week. It's going to be the tough game. And then following that, they have West Coast before the bye at home. Then after the bye, they have the Suns, the, the, the Kangas, unfortunately Melbourne. And then the Hawks, Pies, Swans, Carlton, West Coast, North Melbourne, and Port Adelaide. And the prelim and, North, and grand final for Supercoach will be West Coast and North Melbourne. So if Laird's fitted healthy... Um, definitely an option there, and I think he's he might even be the number one choice out of that, um, just because the way way he goes. But Mills has now shown like he, his ability to go big, like the 167 last week. He scored the 214, the 147. Still really annoyed at myself for when I was tossing a coin between him and Petrarca and how well he's kind of gone. The thing with Mills, he can drop the low scores. Um, but he does have North Melbourne and Collingwood during those finals. Still gets to play the Crows, so I'm, I'm still going to have Mills one. But I think Laird's a clear two over Walsh, as good as Walsh can score. So I think you've got to try to work Laird in 
this week. Uh, to Brent, upgrading a defender and can't decide between Dawson or Sinclair. Crisp was in the equation, but leave him with his illness. Yeah, now Crisp was a great... He would have been the number one choice because he just does not miss games. And it looks like he's going to finally miss a game. I think it's 172 straight or something ridiculous like that. So, yeah, unfortunately it's not him. So Dawson or Sinclair, and that's the debate we've been having on our, um, our number one league chat um, in, in recently in just the last hour, we were sort of all debating this. Um, the two sides, first, it depends on your buys because they're different buys. I think uh, well, Sinclair got the first buy and Dawson has the second. So have a look at that would be my first answer there. Uh, for me, it doesn't actually affect my buys. So Dawson's draw, we just talked about, linked him with Laird. Now, he plays more wing than half back, so should be able to really capitalize on those weaker games. Uh, Sinclair, the question is, how much time does he get around the ball? Um, I would r really love to wait another week on Sinclair, and his break-even is 116, so you can do that. Uh, Dawson's break-even is lower at 73, so um, if you're going to get Dawson, you probably need to get him this week. And So on that, I'm probably going Dawson, but if your buy structure is completely out, it changes everything. So, But if you're a head-to-head -head player, then it doesn't matter. So um, if nothing came into the equation, I'm going Dawson over Sinclair. Uh, to Kelza, the Bombers man, two options for me this week. Nod, Roses, and Cogs, SDK, to Hewitt, Karmas, and uh, Karmas being Buku, and Clark, or Nod, SDK, and Durden, uh, Durden to Clark, Laird, and Buku. Still haven't decided whether to keep Cogs. As we said, a great question there, and everyone's going to be divided on that. If I go with Hewitt next week, I can go SDK down to a Rook and Martin up. I might answer that one separately. Um, but Buku definitely has got to come into consideration. I think you need Hewitt. He showed last week. Um, you know, he came back, what, what was it, one one seventeen, um, coming you know back from that calf. So it looked good. Uh, 121 scaled up too. So, yeah, no, he's, um, yeah, I think you, you definitely need to get Hewitt back into your team there. Uh, so if I'm looking at it, and Clark, yeah, Hewitt, Buku, and Clark, definitely uh, what was the other option. I can go, if I go with Hewitt next week, I can get down to a rook, yeah, yeah, and get Martin up to Laird. Yeah, anyway, you can get Hewitt and Laird into your side, mate. Yeah, I'd be doing that option. Uh, to Harry, originally had Dacos, Stevens, and Hinge out for Laird, Clark, and Thompson. Thoughts on trading Whitfield out instead of Dacos and keeping those exact trades? Definitely got to trade Whitfield out, mate. He's injured, you know, and we've been talking about this all year. Um, like, I think it was that round two match, he looked a bit proppy, so McVay's just kind of said... I think it's, a, well, it'll be interesting because he's kind of got Cogs back in the midfield and dropped Hamilton. So it's it's kind of like saying, well, Whitfield's out, we'll play the kids. And he's brought some young guys in, but at the same time, he's got those experienced guys back in the gut. So be interesting to see how the Giants kind of play out these next couple of weeks. But yeah, definitely trade Whitfield. Uh, Corey, is Whitfield a hold or a trade as I have SDK as cover? If you got him as cover, possibly, but I still think you'd trade Whitfield, especially if you can get him up to, um, you know, your Dawson, or if you've got the cash and you can get one of those big three in Stuart Sicily or Witherden, uh, definitely look at that. There is a little bit of value around in the defence, but uh, yeah, I think you've got to trade Whitfield there. Uh, to Isaac Place, Isaac Place is he's awesome on Twitter and that, so definitely follow him at Placey Supercoach. Um, who to get, Baz or Brayshaw, or go for a more expensive op option in Walsh, Parish or Laird? And this is a great question because, as I said earlier, there's so many great um, for, uh, midfield options this week. The big thing with Bailey Smith and Bont at the moment, they're both at 37% 
forward status. They've got two more weeks if they were to play more than 35%, well, realistically could drop to 33% over the next two weeks, uh, they will gain forward status and they become a must-have. Is Bailey Smith a must-have as a midfielder? No, I don't mind him still because he can still go big, but he isn't um, a must-have. Bont, the problem is if he... Well, Bont's probably a little bit more um, than um, Bailey Smith because if Bont doesn't pick up um, forward status, it means he's playing guts again and we know what he can do when he's in the midfield and he just goes on absolute runs uh, the problem is um, Bevo goes full Bev and then moves him down the forward line again so I would say possibly Brayshaw um, but I still prefer I don't I'm not as big fan of Brayshaw because their run is becoming harder Fife's not that far away I feel like we say that every week so Walsh Parish or Laird I'd rate them as Laird Walsh Parish uh, I think Parish is great but the Bombers are struggling he still racks them up but um, can have the bad game, but yeah, Laird with that fixture, I think you've got to try to get him in, and the top teams are going to be the ones also getting him in, so to, to stay with him. Uh, to Tony, hi mate, mentioned Adelaide's great draw for Laird. Would this also favour Dawson? Absolutely, it will favour Dawson. Uh, to Saar, uh, which St Kilda player will benefit most points-wise? I think Seb Ross, because he hasn't been there um, for most of the year, uh, and it looks like it it probably will be Brad Crouch because he'll get those clearances. Um, more likely to be the tapping machine as well in there. Um, but like they're very kind of similar with um I'm sorry not Seth Ross before um Zach Jones being in there. Um, but they're they're kind of very similar players. So I wouldn't be surprised if they try to throw Billings in um, if they think he's right to go or even Gresham a little bit more. And it could be like a bit of a blessing in disguise for St Kilda because they've got those three inside guys and Ross Jones and um, Crouch. And then they've got like Gresham, Billings, Hunter Clark's not too far away. You could see them um, throw different options in there and it might kind of keep their opposition guessing. So it very much could be a chance that they all just sort of spread out and even and kind of go that um, 90 to 105, a lot of them. The hope is we're all hoping that Crouch kind of goes in there and just smashes it and that. But, yeah, I have a feeling the Saints, it could be just sort of like, you know, a bit like the Bulldogs, just a lesser version where they all kind of get points in there. Um, if anyone, we really want it to be Sinclair for that defense option. I still think he's a good option. Um, but in saying that, uh, yeah, maybe wait wait a week on Sinclair because of that break even, if you can, and, and kind of see what's happening. If you wanted Crouch, you kind of got to go this week. But outside of that, you know, if you've still got Gresham, great. I wouldn't go chasing him. Yeah, maybe wait a week, see what the Saints do, and then you're probably waiting a couple of weeks because they've got the first buy. Uh, Travis, who to get out of Laird or Mills for steel? Yeah, we've answered that um, with Mills being the number one option, but they're both great options, and I think if you can get Laird at a cheaper price, go get him with his draw. <laughs> Nathan, who's the bigger burn man, Ryan or Whitfield? I'm going to go Whitfield. I think Chris will say Ryan, but I've got a soft spot for Luke Ryan. Uh, for Brad, uh, would you spend the funds and get Bailey Smith and Doherty or try and risk it to go Took and Rosie? Ooh, Rosie in the forward line. Uh, ever since Rosie's moved into midfield, he's averaging 104.2. Yeah, I don't mind Rosie, but the thing with Bailey Smith, as we said, it's a it's huge risk versus reward. I like Doherty as an option, but yeah, could you consider going, say, Ollie Wines at that similar price and bank him? But even that's a risk. 
Bailey Smith, you're, you're picking him, hoping he gets forward status. And if you pick him and he gets forward status, fantastic. You're a week, two weeks ahead of everyone else. So then you're going to be trying to get Bailey Smith in. So is Bailey Smith a top eight midfielder? No, is he a top six forward? Well, he's probably the top two forward. So, yeah, I don't mind the rosy call. The problem is, um, does Port change it up at any point? Like, it looks really good with him in there. Uh, Boak, just because of his age, probably spends a bit more time forward as he did last week. So, yeah, I, I actually don't mind it. And also depends where you're ranked or if you're playing head-to-heads. If you're ranking and you're a bit like me and you're outside the top 10,000 you need to make some moves, then go Took and Rosie. Like, be different. Why not? Um, the super coached uh, Buku or Cleary, I'm getting on Buku, but I, I, I pref- kind of prefer Cleary just because he's that defender. But... Uh, I think his job security is not as good, but I thought his points would probably be better. But the problem is, um, the dogs have, well, the Suns will be a tough game, but they're going to have to get the soft kill the following week. So, yeah, I'm going to stick with Buku there. To freeze, is it worth side trading Cogs to Gresham and then flip Gresham to a premium after round 13? It's a hard one because you'd hope Gresham gets a spike because Steel's out, but there's no guarantee on that. I would say no, unless you've got a whole lot of, tra- if you've got a, you know, a stack load of trades there, Freeze. Um, yes, but uh, oh, with 19 trades left and two bursts, um, no then. I don't think that's enough trades to kind of go and do that um, because it's just a sideways. You may as well just hold Gresham or try to get Cogs up to something else. Um, like Rosie, I think I don't mind that as a better option because at least he's shown the scoring over the last sort of three three weeks. But at the same time, you know, it's one of those risk and reward things, but I don't I don't see Gresham like is he gonna score better than Cogs over the next three or so games? Probably not. Like Canelio back in the midfield, you you're probably better off just holding Canelio. Um your better option is you want for Canelio you want to try to turn him into a midfielder or a defender. And one of those guys we talked about before, midfielders averaging over one fifteen, defender averaging over hundred and ten. The forward options, we're just hoping the forward options come up in the next couple of weeks. And if they don't, then we start looking at the you know, your Degoe's, see how Dusty's going, those sort of guys. So I'd say no to that. Uh, on the Richmond Forum this week, uh, what have we got here? Q&A. Oh, beautiful. Abdul, is Taranto ever going to be good again? Now, I think it'll be a case of the um, the Giants going forward, and this is more one for keeper leagues. Um, he his value naturally is when he's in the midfield. The problem is he's he's so good forward, but they need to lose one of those midfields. If Canelio end up going back to Perth, or the rumours of Tom Green joining Richmond at some point, if something like that happened, then Taranto's value goes through the roof again. Um, until that happens, um, unfortunately, his, his value is just like he still scores, but. It's just, you know, it's it's just another forward. And there's, you know, better option for kind of his price. Uh, to Matty G, uh, would you consider Will Brody a keeper? At the moment, definitely. Like we talked about before, where Will Brody's ranked in the forward line. Uh, so, yeah, keep him there. Brad Crouch, question mark, and that's a great question. Real deal, best for 80 player. Like his value, definitely value. And that's what we talked about. Uh, if you're going to spend uh, Walsh for 610, Laird 630, 40, Mills 670. So the difference there, what are you going to do with that money? If you're just going to have that money sitting there for two, three weeks and, and you've got no plan for it, then go get the, the better player. If Crouch means especially this week and you can and, and if you don't have any money, 
or that money can help you take one of those other rookies. For example, let's just say you're playing like myself and playing, say, SDK or Hinge on field, and you need to get one of them up, and you want a docker to your Sicily or Stewart or someone like that, and that 120 is going to make the dif- difference. Well, all of a sudden, it's not, um, you know, say, instead of getting Crouch, you're going to get Walsh. So instead of being Walsh and SDK on field, now you've got Crouch and Sicily or Stewart on field. So the, it's the you know, cumulative points, um, which makes a difference there. Uh, is he going to be a keeper? Well, no, but, you know, we've seen players in the past, they can get on streaks for five, six weeks. And, and we saw last week, you know, he got the 140, he scored well the last, the previous week. Yeah, he, he's only had that one score under 96. It's not a terrible move, and I, I don't mind it. And that, and I know a few people who are ranked quite high are actually seriously considering it if they haven't already done it. Uh, so it's going to be one we're going to come back next week and it'll be like, oh, I told you so, or oh, how did you make that move? Um, a bit like we had the discussion last week with Tom Lynch and or the week before, there was a couple of people I know that jumped on um, and it looked like a great move, especially those who went Cornelio to Tom Lynch last week. Like, congratulations to you. You made an extra 80K plus what Cornelio dropped, like 40. So that's 120K turnaround there. Plus you got an extra 90 points and Lynch is going to make more money for you this week where Cornelio is going to drop. So it's just, like, that's the sort of move, fantastic. You've taken a risk and got away with it. And I feel like Brad Crouch could be very much that. At the same time, it can be one of those ones where it blows up in your face. But what's the worst case for Crouch? Like, 96 to 100. Um, you know, you're, you're probably 10 to 15 points, maybe 20 behind each week of one of the premiums. And you just hope he has one of those big 140s and one of those premiums that everyone brings in, say a Mills, goes another 60 or 70, and then you know you you're back on track. So it's not it's not a bad move. It just yeah it depends on your own personal setup. Uh, to Cade Zorka, a realistic top eight. If he was playing permanent midfield, I'd say yes. Uh, they named him back at half back, and I think Barry's been named in the midfield again. But when Barry goes forward, he looks lost, um, and Zorka's much better in the midfield there. Um, when Zorko goes back, he's still good. It shares those points with Zorko, but he's not going to be those sort of that top eight. And we talked about the difference there um, with the defenders. So, you know, your Stewart's, your Sicilies, Short, Doherty, Hewitt, these guys are all going 110 plus. Um, Dawson and Sinclair have the ability to go 110, um, and they're not far off. Sinclair gets back in that midfield, or Dawson with that fixture. So then what, Zorko, like, what's he going, like, he goes, what, 103, maybe at best, 105. So you're still 5 to 10 points off each week. So I'll say no. Um, I, like, I like him better than, you know, a couple of those other options. But at the same time, it's just the points. And, and because at the moment Zorko's gone up in price and Dawson and Sinclair are now the value, um, yeah, it's a no to me. A couple of weeks ago when we were having that discussion when Zorko was cheaper, was the time to jump on. Uh, Brenton, when will you be inviting Abdul as a guest here on the podcast? You know what? Yep, we've talked about that. And um, Abdul, yeah, is not, not the biggest person to be on the camera. So, um, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll continue to pester him on this. If he wins the 50K, he's got no freaking choice to come on. Uh, Matthew, how good is Houston? <laughs> uh, well, um, talking about Burnman, like he's actually been pretty good this year. But again, he's just so up and down. Um, Brad, trading out Luke Ryan over Dacos, a bad move, as Luke Ryan is scoring. Yeah, it's an interesting one. Um, Ryan, the problem with him, 
like unlike we talk about Stewart now he Stewart had that one big score this year which was kind of very unlike Stewart like you know there's one of those guys you just bank on he's going to score that sort of 100 to 110 every week Ryan is definitely not that player Ryan goes 60 130 60 150 like he's got 150s in him he gets on those intercept markings awesome the thing that's changed with Ryan this year Hayden Young Chapman and even Nod for a period um, they've got other guys who can actually take an intercept mark and especially now with Pierce's injury he's had to and I've seen them play a couple of games live where he's had to defend um, more than what he normally would because just sort of the way the Frio backline structured up um, so you kind of nearly need to get rid of him at the same time you kind of get to get Dacos so if there was a way you could get rid of both of them and kind of upgrade them fantastic probably same trade Ryan which is really weird to think um, but yeah just unfortunately um, just those, it's kind of one of those annoying things because uh, in the right role which is that intercept marker while well, playing a bit like Sicily um, he's one of the best players in the game um, but even Sicily manned up on Lynch and still freed up uh, last week I don't know why my um, app doesn't want to load up Ryan's scores but yeah, he, like Ryan scored 63 last week and he's dropped so much cash, which is just, it's, it's so frustrating. And you know it's going to be the moment you trade him, he's going to come out and absolutely smash it um, because that's just what he does. But yeah, 106k he's dropped. And his last few weeks, since that 109, where it looked like, oh yeah, he's back, you know, 62, 75, 63. He's only had that one uh, 150 this year, which was against St. Kilda early. Um and then the other problem is they've got the D's and the lines coming up soon, so he's going to have to play more defensive, and he's going to have some low scores. So you might just have to cut the loss, take the hundred k loss, and uh, and try to move him on. So I'm thinking, yeah, it's got to be Ryan uh, Mills or Parish. That's easy, Lee. That's Mills. Um, as much as I still like Parish and that because he's great scoring, but Mills, yeah, just absolutely destroying it. Mills is that classic one, and there'll be someone next year. They get they lose their defensive or forward status, and we've seen it in the past with McRae, and we kind of forget about them because oh, even Laird's a great example, um, because you're like oh no, that guy's a defender. He's you know I'm not gonna, I'm going to go a more traditional midfielder on that, but they move into the midfield permanently. There's a reason why they've got that sole midfield status, and they just kill it. So Mills, I think, is going to be an option for us for plenty of years to come. And Lee, what to do with Cogs? Yep, uh, I want to give. That's the one I can't give a definitive answer because it, that's personal choice. Like it just depends on how you see your forward line. Do you see him as a keeper? Um, and that's kind of where you're at at the moment. If the problem is, if he comes out and scores fifty this week, again, which is you know it's in his range range of outcomes, um, you're in all sorts of trouble because he's going to drop so much more cash. So I break even one forty six. So that's forty five k out the door there. Uh, playing West Coast, um, he's. I think the Lions in between North Melbourne, which he scored well against the Lions in the past two, and then North Melbourne, if he comes out and scores, like, you know, he could score a 150. Like, he has that in him. I think it's more a 110. So he goes 110, maybe 100 the following week, even a 90, and then comes out against North and scores like a 110. Well, that 37's out. He's still, you know, he's averaging, you know, as one of those top forwards again. And he, he's probably better than the guys that you're trading in. And the cash is just irrelevant there because you, you want to keep him. It only becomes um, a problem if he was to get injured or he scores another 50 or back-to-back -back 50s. And then it's like, okay, we're behind the rest of the competition because those who traded him last week, fantastic. They're already 
you know, 30, 40K ahead. Those who don't trade him this week and he gets traded and then for whatever reason he drops another 50, okay, you're now another 40K behind everyone else. Uh, so it's a, you've got to make up in your mind what you're going to do with him. And as I said, if you can turn him into one of those gun midfielders and you've got, say, a Martin or um, somebody else that you can play on field, or even if it is a case where you're thinking, well, you've got Rioli or Rosas or... Um, or if you can even better bring in Buku and then move McCartan forward, which is one of my options this week. I play McCartan there in the forward line, and that's the difference in you turning Canelio into one of those premium midfielders. Well, then, yeah, the points on field there it, uh, changes because even Canelio, you know, as I said, I think at best it's kind of that 100 mark. And, and if you could get him into, you know, your your Lairds or your Walshers or one of those sort of guys who you know are going to go 115, 120, while well, those points on field make a difference. If it's a case where you're just trading him to another forward, um, and most people have the, the best ones in Dunkley or Laheny or Parker and that, um, is it really worthwhile? Because I don't think there's that big of a difference between those forwards. So, yeah, that's the decision you've got to make. It's kind of what who you're trading Cornelio to. And if it's another forward, you probably hold. Um, if it's a midfielder or a defender, then yeah, you you could trade him. Again, look at your buys. Really important for those um, ranking players. But the head-to-head players, yeah, just again, more look up at your matchups. Um, and yeah, that could be, again, a bit of a point of difference. Like, have a look if your opponent still has Cornelio. Um, yeah, and sort of kind of try to suss out what they're sort of doing with their trades when their sort of the team comes out on Friday because you don't need to trade before the first game. Carlton, Sydney... Outside of you going out and getting Walsh or Mills, if you're not getting one of them this week, or, or if you don't have Hewitt, that might be a good one, like Cornelio to Hewitt, it's at 100k. Um, so if you're not doing that, you could just wait and do your trades Saturday morning. Um, and then you kind of have a look at your opposition and see what they've done. And then you might have already got an idea of, well, if they've brought in Clark or if they've brought in Buku, you know they've already used a couple of their trades. So then you might go, oh, I'm losing this week. I'd better trade Cornelio. Um, to one of those premium guys if you look like winning well hold him so yeah so there's plenty of options there as, as i always say continue to uh get in touch with us or the boys on uh on twitter supercoach insider 100 or super or oh, swizz 26 uh, and finally because i forgot to do it at the start um splash vodka earn you and manscaped had a few quick probably my most asked question this year this week about the um, Manscaped products and how I'm finding them and stuff like that. And I'll say, you know, 20% off, definitely get on. You know, it's uh, definitely a worthwhile product there. So uh, thank you for all the, uh, for all the support. And uh, we look forward to talking to you soon. Bye.